WHHHFM Speedway W286CN Available on HD Drop in It's the moment y'all been waiting for Broadcasting from the Isaacs and Isaacs WeWin.com Injury Lawyer Studio It's the show where Indy comes to top Open lines with Indy's newsman Cameron Riddle One, two, two, three, three. Hold up Good morning to you, Indianapolis. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, coming to you live from the 100.9, hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC studios on this Sunday morning, January 22nd, on a cold and snowy morning in Indianapolis where there is some breaking traffic news uh, on the north side. So if you are headed out this morning, as you head out to church, if you're not doing virtual church today, uh, there's not a whole lot of snow out there, one to two inches, but it is enough to slick the roads, slick the off-ramps, slick the on-ramps, the bridges, the side streets. So do take some caution. Don't go too fast on the highway, but also don't go too slow. People who drive too slow on the interstate can also cause accidents. So please use caution. Take your time. Don't leave the house late like I did, but I didn't fly. I made it here on time. Just I could have left earlier. Point is, be careful as you leave out this morning. I know it's felt like spring, but it is winter in Indiana this morning. On the show today, we're looking ahead of what's happening at the State House. We will be hearing from uh, two groups that are hard at work on all of the State House business, including the Indianapolis African American Coalition as well as the Indiana Black Caucus. Marshawn Woolley will be joining us here in just a moment. Then at 8.30, we will be hearing from the chairman of the Indiana Black Legislative Caucus. They'll be announcing their priorities tomorrow morning at 8.30. We're getting a preview today at 8.30, a 24-hour advantage here on Open Lines. It'll also be a chance for you guys to get your calls in, let the folks who are working down at the State House know uh, what it is you want to see happen what bills you want through, what help you need. If you haven't been talking to your representative, if you don't know who your representative is, uh, today's the day that you need to find out. You can go to the website, type in your address, find out who represents you, because we're going to talk to some people who have the ears, who have the power to get things done today on the show. We will get to all of that in just moments. But first, we will start this morning off uh, with some breaking news. There has been a mass shooting this morning, overnight, this time in the Los Angeles metropolitan area in Monterey Park, California. The details are just coming out this morning, but so far we've learned that there are 10 people uh, who are confirmed dead. Another 10 people who have been wounded and then transported to the hospital with a ranging list of conditions from stable to critical. We're told a male suspect is still at large there's been no motivation or information on a targeted crime if this was a hate crime, but this did happen on day two of the Lunar New Year where there was uh, big parties happening last night. This is in the Los Angeles metropolitan area uh, with 10 people reported dead so far this morning. Uh, we'll send our prayers out west. As I felt like we had a little break from uh, mass shootings for a little bit, but... Here we are starting off 2023 this morning uh, with breaking news of a mass shooting. Also happening here in Indianapolis this morning, uh, there is a good-sized accident on the northwest side of Indianapolis. The 865-465 split in the northwest end of the county. Uh, there have been multiple accidents there this morning. As I was saying just a moment ago, it is snowing outside. Uh, there's been a multiple vehicles involved in that accident. That's right there at the split of 465 and 865. All of this information is on my other station's website, fox59.com. If you don't have the app, if you're not on the website, get there right now for all the very latest on what is happening this morning. And of course, we'll keep you updated right here on Open Lines. All right. On the show this morning, on top of the breaking news, busy across the world, busy at the State House uh, this week. I was there as the uh, first hearings for abortion uh, began on uh, that would have been Thursday. And so there is just a lot that is happening at the State House. There's uh, Indiana has a part time legislature and uh, that means they only work a couple of months out of the year. And so they cram a lot of bills uh, and bring up ideas 
and try to get things done in a short span of time. And it is difficult for anybody to stay on top of it. One person who I know does uh, among the best job uh, and and of knowing what's going on at the state house and watching the bills is Indianapolis's very own Marshawn Woolley this morning representing representing that is the African American Coalition of Indianapolis and Marshawn Woolley joins us on our live line right now Marshawn good morning Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here, keeping us up to date on what's going on. Uh, first, for folks who don't know what the African-American quality, excuse me, there are too many. You know what I'm trying yeah. to say. There, I, uh, I know where you're going. I know where you're going. So thank the you. The African-American uh, Coalition of Indianapolis is a collection of black-led nonprofit uh, civil rights organizations, civic organizations, that's um, really trying to be engaged in the public policy process um, and, it, it, and just provide um, or connect, serve as a connection for civic leaders to just address a number of issues. We One of the projects that we're working on uh, in par- partnership with the Indianapolis Urban League is the uh, Indianapolis African American Quality of Life Initiative. I am not here to, to speak on that. I'm not connected with that. I am here as the African-American Coalition of Indianapolis Public Policy Director. Uh, so we'll be talking about uh, legislation and uh, trying to educate the community on the process. For those of you who don't know, Marshawn wears a number of hats. And so we have to let you know who he's here for today uh, yes. <laughs> besides us to let us know what is going on. So what is happening at the State House? Like I said, there's a lot that goes on in a short amount of time. Uh, what yeah. are you keeping your eye on? I know there's thousands of bills that are literally already uh, been named. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is a very interesting uh, time uh, at the General Assembly. They are, uh, it is considered a long session. So every other year they, rest, um, they have to come up with a budget, a two-year budget uh, for the state. And uh, this is a long session, which means that it'll end April 29th which allows them to have the time to work on the budget. So the budget is a big piece of what they'll be wrestling with. There's obviously a surplus that uh, has to be addressed as well. But then, of course, we have our issues that are happening down at the General Assembly. Um, and if folks want to follow along throughout this conversation, if you go to the Indianapolis Urban League website, that would be INDPS, well, INDP lsul.org and you can click on um, the, the little flash screen that talks about legislative news you'll actually see an agenda that's been worked on with um, dozens of black uh, organizations we've uh, socialized this with coalitions um, that are aligned with our issues and concerns and then we've also uh, come to the community in forums like this uh, to, to put these ideas forward so as we get ready to go through that list, what's some of the first things that have popped out to you? Yeah, so I'm really um, excited about uh, college enrollment, particularly the 21st Century Scholars Program. Uh, this is a program that could be of benefit to folks that um, in the seventh and eighth grade who basically, um, if they're lower income, have the opportunity to get college funding, uh, get funding to go to Indiana College or University, if they do a few things, which is just basically keep their notes clean and participate in some college readiness programs. Uh, This has been something that uh, we've had low participation in. Maybe maybe some of it is awareness. Um, And talking to some pastors, some of the concern has been you sign a form in seventh and eighth grade, people think that they have to stay at a certain economic level for some time. But This year, it looks like there's several bills that'll be focused on this issue of trying to make it close to automatic enrollment. They're not quite using that term, but they want to make it a lot easier for people, young people, to get enrolled in that program. So uh, 21st Century Scholarship, that is a a good one. I was supposed to be a 21st Century Scholar, but like you said, in 7th and 8th grade, um, I guess the paperwork just did not get back. So I'm I'm paying for a college that was uh, supposed to be free. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that eats me up. So what else? Yeah. So um, within our education agenda, I'm really appreciative of Senator Melton and his leadership. And really, I know you're going to hear from 
uh, Chairman Harris with the Black Legislative Caucus, uh, Senator Melton's going to make what he's calling a technical correction uh, to include black history into state statute. Um, Senator, Senator Taylor um, years back made an effort to get ethnic studies included as an option for students. And what Senator Taylor is doing, and this, this is often what happens with our issues, you got to take a piece at a time. Uh, Senator Taylor is looking to insert black history into the same portion of the statute that deals with the Holocaust to ensure that uh, there's adequate teaching of not only the Jewish Holocaust, but what happened to uh, black people, not only just through slavery, but also our achievements. And so um, it's an enhanced social studies and citizenship bill. We're excited about that. Um, additionally, with education, we're concerned about what's called the complexity index. The complexity index is um, generally used to fund schools in urban school districts who have who might deal with poverty um, or high concentrations of poverty. I think this it impacts not only urban but often rural schools, and we sometimes forget that there's poverty in suburban schools. What we've seen in years past is an increase in the base funding, but um, not so much of an increase in the complexity index, which deals with, you know, dealing, uh, helping children who might um, be dealing with poverty or other issues uh, that just need a little extra assistance. It's equity, and that matters to us. On top of that, you've got uh, there's been a, a push in recent years of uh, more full day kindergarten. What are you yeah. guys trying to do with that? Yeah, so um, we've identified that really as a workforce issue. Nationally, there's some concern about um, getting women back into the workforce. And one of the challenges is uh, daycare women, women usually, um, unfortunately, are sometimes burdened with, um, not burdened, but are, are tasked with um, child care at home, uh, in part because it's so expensive. And we also sometimes even have what's called child care deserts, where there's just not quality child care available. And so we'll be, we'll be looking to get some movement on that. That's been a long-term um, issue throughout the state. Um, a number of organizations have championed that. So we'll be supporting um, any bills. I'm, I'm just looking at bills right now. They've been dropping bills um, for days, these last few days. So I'm trying to find some. I haven't seen it yet, but we're not out of the woods yet. So we'll be looking on, we'll be working on that. You guys are into different areas, uh, including housing and economic development, uh, as well as health uh, and democracy. I want to jump down to health real quick because um, both re Democrats and Republicans this year have talked about and acknowledged how poor of a job Indiana is doing and how low we are ranking. Um, when it comes to public health care, taking care of our people, uh, taking care of moms, taking care of babies, infant mortality rates, um, it's bad. We're state, what is it, 47 of 50? Yeah, um, it, it is. It's bad. What What are some of the topics uh, on uh, in that realm that could actually see some traction? Yeah, so uh, there's two major issues that are dominating the public policy discussion. We're also trying to make sure that a third issue is included. So there's been a lot of coverage of, of the governor's public health commission and the need to provide just better funding for the public health infrastructure around the state. You note our low rankings in that space. Uh, I think I'm hopeful that something will happen. I believe um, the, the project that I've seen, you know, on a two-year budget, they're looking at around just under $500 million, which wouldn't put us in number one. Um, it probably, I'm not even sure it'd keep us in the middle of the pack, really, but it would be progress. Uh, some of that may have also to do with the infrastructure and the ability to accept injections of large uh, sources of funding. But we do need, we do need better, better public health. There's rural communities out here that don't have, you know, OBGYNs and um, other health care services, not to, not to mention what's happening in the urban community. Mental health is also a top issue of concern. We've done um, surveys of the black community. That's always been a top issue. Really uh, appreciative of the leadership that's happened around this issue. Um, there's a couple of bills that will deal with 
both like a clinician-led response, which we think is important. Uh, that's been an issue that's happened even in Indianapolis with um, Herman Whitfield, mm-hmm. young man who had a, a, a mental health episode and unfortunately um, didn't make it out of that situation. Um, we also, with, with respect to that response, so you'd want a clinician-led or even peer-led response, someone that has experienced uh, a mental health episode. Uh, you also want a, a phone number that is not 911. Mm-hmm. so that you can access that. There's a federal law creating 988. That number has to be rolled out. And then there's a, you need a place for people to go. So once someone someone's having is potentially a harm to themselves, putting them in the criminal justice system or putting them in a jail isn't really the appropriate response. And so we're trying to figure out a better way to respond to that by putting people um, in places where um, they can they can get the help that they actually need. We know that uh, we've been focused on um, infant and maternal mortality. Uh, that That is an issue. And the one way that that's been broached is the need for cultural competency training. And so uh, there's some bills that we've, that we've been able to see that have been posted that will address those issues. We always appreciate the leadership of the Black Legislative Caucus and championing those issues, um, particularly because it's oftentimes you could talk about health, but then you got to dig down to get to the actual issues that impact our community because it's a little different. And so um, cultural competency as it pertains to infant and maternal mortality is one way we're trying to address that issue. We're on the air this morning with Marshawn Woley, who is this morning the public policy director for the Indianapolis uh, African-American uh, coalition. And he's telling us some of the bills and some of the ideas that have been put forth from a number of uh, minority and black organizations down at the state house things that they would like to see get passed uh and if you've got questions or suggestions uh or recommendations or a comment you can call us 317-239-1009 317-239-1009 Marshawn, a second ago we were on education and to go back to that there's been more and more talk about uh charter schools and funding for charter schools yeah. um where it you know on one hand, um, it's it's an it's an interesting issue, and it's being marketed very interestingly by the charter schools, um, who are saying that their students are not getting uh, enough money or the same money that students at a regular public school should get. Now, you were just talking about a bill um, that uh, would have some impacts on lower income and, and inequalities. Mm-hmm. W- what has been the the talk or the thoughts? about charter school funding? Yeah, so um, Representative Baining uh, has really led on that issue. He's the chair of the uh, House uh, Education Committee. There are some bills dealing specifically with innovation network schools and charter schools um, that are designed to, you know, achieve, um, I think, some parity on, on the funding side. It is pretty controversial, and I do got to say that um, I have a contract uh, with IPS, so I need to disclose that. But um, for for my other business outside of the AAC, the AACI doesn't have a contract. I have Black Onyx Management. Mm-hmm. My other business has a, a contract, and so um, we'll we'll be monitoring that to see how that goes. I think where we're going to enter in this space is really going to be the complexity index and making sure that uh, if you do have a school that you're getting the funding that you need to deal with um, young people that might just need a little bit more because they're not going anywhere. They're going to be here. Mm-hmm. And we've got to make sure that they get the resources that they need. I will also note that uh, we're very excited to see, um, I mean, this is another bill coming from Representative Baining, support for increasing the Bill Crawford scholarship for teachers, moving it from 7500 to um, $10,000. And uh, we think that that is an effort to, get more black teachers into the classroom, and we're very excited about that. All right, let's go to the phones, 317-239-1009. On the phone this morning with Marshawn Woolley, who I think we've already heard about three different jobs that he does. Uh, And this morning he is on as the uh, public policy director for the African American uh, Coalition of Indianapolis, talking about some of the bills uh, and ideas that the 
AACI is uh, recommending uh, down at the State House as the legislative session is now in full gear. Let's see what you want to talk about. Caller on line two. Let's start there today. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, Cameron. How you doing this morning? Good, sir. How are you? Oh, I'm well. Greetings to your guests and all that's listening. Uh, I just got three things I want to say and a question on the end. Um, first of all, I'm aware of this the, the surplus uh, that the state of Indiana has. Don't know how they create that. Secondly, um, educating our young folks about ourselves, about our own selves. When are they going to open up a school just for that? instead of putting our children in these programs to be programmed. And the last thing is the question is this, when is, or or is there a black group out there that wants to go to the government and demand instead of playing this game with them? Because this is just a continuation of over and over and over again. Or is, is anybody out there prepared to demand what we need for our community? That's my question. All right. Thank you. All right. Well, so uh, I appreciate the caller calling in. I'd like to introduce myself again. My name is Marshawn Wally. I'm the pu- public policy director for the African-American Coalition of Indianapolis. And uh, that's what we do. We go to the legislature and we advocate for our issues. In fact, um, we're going on February 21st. February 21st, February 21st, we're looking to have a Black Community Day where we will go and and talk about our issues and talk about what we support, because there are a lot of bills that uh, we talk to legislators about in the summertime that are, that are, that have um, been filed on our, that are in our favor, but then also talk about what the bills that we're concerned about. Um, there are some bills that we, you know, are concerned about or bills that maybe haven't might not get a hearing by that time. And so we will need to advocate for ourselves. So um, we're breaking news here with you, Cameron. We've been talking about this on social media a little bit, but we believe that it's going to be very important to have a presence at the General Assembly um, to talk about issues that impact our community. And we're not just focused on Indianapolis. We've reached out to Evansville. Uh, we reached out to Fort Wayne. We're reaching out to Gary, South Bend. Um, this is a call out from African Americans from all over the state, so that we can hear, so that they can hear us and have feel our presence mm-hmm. and know that we're paying attention. Let's keep on the phones. Thank you for breaking news here. Uh, caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. Good morning. How you doing, uh, brother Cameron and brother Marshawn? Appreciate you. Good. How are you, man? Here. I'll be brief because. A couple of things I did read that was concerning. Number one, uh, Marshawn, what, what was this? And I'll let you answer. You can answer when I'm done. I just read the other day with the uh, uh, representative or state senator that wanted to in- introduce this bill about uh, proper storage of the guns after the young child was found waving the gun in Beach Grove. But it's got so many uh, exceptions in it. It was like, well, what's the use for the bill? Exceptions for defense, exceptions for this. It's like it's like trying to get into someone's home, but you can't get in the home. But then I can't come in your home, so I can't tell you how to store your gun in the home. What is your guys' opinion on that? And number two, this this charter school thing has to be researched. Uh, our good brother and your your uh, executive, your uh, director, I mean uh, vice president, VP, Dion Levinson said, well, there's a large number of charter schools doing great work. But no one can name them. Now, I know we have uh, our good sister, Nyla, that calls in all the time, and she's very on top of it. But we need a list, and we need a grade, and we need to know exactly what these charter schools are doing because that's a vague expression that we have a number of them doing well. But yet we, as a paying tax-paying public, we have no record of it. We don't know what's going on. We don't have any grading system. We don't know. So I don't like those vague expressions. Maybe we can get a, a better at that. And number three, I'll just leave with this as a little black history. They found two Egyptian papyruses this week, one 52 feet and one 16 feet, with scriptures and incantations of the Egyptian book of the day. We call it the book of coming forth by day and coming forth by night. So get our people still reading on Egypt, African history, black history, Egyptian history, 
black American history. We don't have any floor. Oh, do you foresee another attempt at a uh, anti-false CRT bill, too, like we just mm. saw DeSantis doing yeah. down there in Florida? And thanks for taking my call. Uh, I appreciate your, your attention to a number of policy issues. So, yes, coming from the community, we've heard that the need for uh, better gun training and gun safety is in, is very much uh, a, a top concern within the community. We are seeing uh, a bill or two that's supposed to try to get at gun safety. It's very early in the process, and so there's an opportunity to engage and make sure that it is an effective bill. We recognize that um, in the state of Indiana, they've added um, what they call it. They call it gathering, which is another word for strengthening gun rights um, in the into the Constitution. So. It will be a battle that may be influencing the way the shape of that bill right now, but you know it's a, it's an important uh, issue that we have to address. With respect to the charter schools piece, I, um, they do have um, a grading system, but it's um, they they've had to cheap tweak it. I know with COVID, they kind of threw the system out for a little bit. Um, one of the issues has been a focus on growth as opposed to a focus on proficiency. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the because we haven't had grades in a while, and part of it had to do with COVID. Um, and so there is a need to keep that at level of accountability with schools. Uh, and then I believe, finally, the, the history piece, that matters. Black history matters. I think that um, our history matters. And again, I'm appreciative of leadership of the Black Legislative Caucus and trying to fight these fights for us. It's time for us to show up and uh, help other legislators understand that when they're talking, they're actually uh, talking about issues that we sent them to talk about. So February 21st, 2023, be there. And you just mentioned the Indiana Black Legislative Caucus Chairman uh, Earl Harris Jr. will be on the show in just a moment. We're going to take one more commercial break because uh, the things that Marshawn uh, and all of his folks help come up with they help recommend to a number of people including the iblc so we'll see uh what it is they have planned as they announce their priorities tomorrow we're gonna take one more call and then we'll wrap up and let marshawn uh begin uh, the rest of his snowy sunday caller on line one good morning uh hi cameron the only thing you have to recognize about the state house right and uh the state general assembly you don't have to worry about any agenda that they're putting forward because the majority down there rules that house with the iron fist they're not going to take under consideration any hearsay that uh, your uh, guests might bring in off the street. And that's what it is, hearsay. It don't stand up in court, and I don't think it should stand up over the legislature when you're saying that you're uh, out representing a community, which you're really not uh, uh, representing me, Marshawn, and you should have a disclaimer. I think you clarified it a little bit who you actually represent. So I don't want the black community to be at large involved in your uh, so-called uh, 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 advocation or whatever you're talking about, because uh, the Black Legislative Caucus has done nothing but lie on the black community and uh, done the most malicious and vile slander against us over the years. They don't have any standing. One thing you need to do, Cameron, if you're at the legislature, go over to the Senate chambers when Greg Taylor is up on the uh, Senate floor looking like a clown. That gavel beats him in the head, and he has to sit down every time. They have rules to stop that. So, you know, when you talk about education, look at Article 8. It says a uniform system of common schools. Uh, Governor Holcomb brought that up the other day. Why would you send your kids to a bootleg school, which is what Marshawn is is advocating for, that you know don't have the funding, just like his or her, clothes, leaving those kids in limbo with no uh, records or anything else to carry with them forward. So... The music is playing. We, um, the music is playing, Larry. Uh, I, I was at the state house on. Uh, I think it was. Yeah, it was Thursday. I didn't see you. Uh, well, I'm there. I've been there for the first few days. I come over there when I feel that legislation is going to be up that I can testify on or bring some sign to rebuke uh, these uh, poverty pimps who did are you have your, trying to gain. Did you have your sign and the and the paper uh, bag on your head? Yeah, the paper bag and the uh, slave shirt. Right. Uh-huh. So that's, that's my mark. I've been going over there for the last 30 years. Yeah. So I, I, I know the procedure and everything that goes on over there. All right. And I happen to All know right. that the minority 
gets clubbed in the head like Hartfield, and their advocates that come over there uh, get ignored as well. They should be. I'm glad the Republicans are in control of this. All state. right, Larry. We'll I see. Hope it remains that way. Thank All right. You. All right, Marshawn, we got a couple seconds left as the music plays. Uh, old, old Larry, always with a lot to say. Go ahead. You know, I always appreciate uh, anyone that wants to get involved in the political process. want to make sure it's clear that I was not advocating for um, any schools. I was merely reporting on what we're seeing at the General Assembly. I would also add that uh, under the leadership of the Black Legislative Caucus and the AACI, in partnership with the Black Legislative Caucus, we've seen criminal justice reform. We've seen um, major criminal justice reform. We've seen major police reform. We've seen um, eviction, expungement bills. And so uh, we're appreciative of the relationships and partnerships. Obviously, the AACI is a nonpartisan organization, but uh, we do appreciate the role that the IBLC uh, plays in advocating for issues that impact our community. And uh, we'll be down there on February 21st. All right, Marshawn, thank you so much for all of your work. We know you're on a number of organizations, and you made it quite clear who you were working on behalf of uh, this morning. We'll stay in touch uh, and uh, keep us updated on uh, on what is happening in 2023. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, Marshawn, thanks so much for coming on. Hey, if you guys don't know uh, about uh, Larry Vaughn, you know, I mentioned, I said, did you have the paper bag on your head and the sign? Go to Google. Type in Larry Vaughn, Indianapolis. Click images. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. The pictures you see is how Larry looks when he goes to the city county council meetings and at the state house with clown makeup on, a paper bag on his head, and usually some sign cussing somebody out. That's what Larry Vaughn looks like, and that's what he looks like down at the state house when he is there. Uh, somebody who has seen it, I'm sure, is the chairman of the Indiana Black Legislative Caucus, Earl Harris Jr. will join us on our live line on the other side of this commercial break as they give us a preview of what bills they hope to get done and what they hope uh, will be a successful 2023. And I'll give Larry credit. He mentioned that there is a supermajority at the state house. So how do a group of Democrats work with a supermajority of Republicans? Chairman Harris will explain. When Open Lines continues, I'm Cameron Riddle. This is Hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC. It's Open Lines with Cameron Riddle. And we're back here on Open Lines on Hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC. want to tell you guys a quick story and say good morning and a shout out to uh, Sabrina, who's listening from the northwest side of Indianapolis this morning. A number of y'all just texted me during the commercial break with the pictures that you found of Larry Vaughn. Yeah, that's Larry. You found the right ones. Larry Vaughn, everybody, who apparently is running for mayor. We're going to have him on the show uh, here soon as a, as a candidate. Stay tuned for that. Hey, I got to send a shout out to a guy named Eli. I was at the airport doing a story for Fox 59. And um, there's a certain area where we have to park at the airport as media people. Where nobody else is supposed to park along the departure lane. Well, my man Eli thought he would be slick to run inside the airport and try to park in between my car and the Fox 59 news truck and backed into my car. Now, I was inside on TV. I come out, find my car banged up in the front. No no other car. I'm like, now nah, I know good and well I ain't been driving around like this. When did I do this? Well, I look on the windshield. 
a guy actually left his phone number and his name. His name was Eli. Now, the airport police came and, and looked at it, whatever. I called Eli. He answered the phone and knew, uh-oh, this mysterious number is the person whose car I backed into with my big old pickup truck. Long story short, Eli is a good dude. Eli could have just drove away. He told me he thought about it. But Eli actually met me the same day, paid out of pocket for my car's damage, and my car is now fixed. Uh, so I say that to say Eli said he wanted to do the right thing because he's getting his life together. He's starting a new career as a truck driver, and he wanted to do right. So Eli, thank you, man for not only leaving your number, but you paid for my car out of pocket, $1,400, y'all. So we say thank you to Eli. Good luck on your new career. Thank you for being a good human being and a good person. And if you ever need a reference, dude, I got you. You got my number. That's the type of stand-up person that I will give a shout-out to anytime. Eli, young black brother, uh, just starting out, wanting to do right. My man, that's that's what we need. We need more Eli's of the world. So if anybody knows Eli who drives a big gray pickup truck, I won't bust his last name out there. Understand, that, that's a good dude. And I like Eli. All right. As we get ready for the last segment of the show, as I said, there's been a lot happening at the State House. Uh, abortion stuff happening. Bill's already going through left and right at all kinds of speeds. The Indianapolis, no, excuse me, the Indiana Black Legislative Caucus is a member of, of black legislators from both the House and Senate. And tomorrow at 8.30, uh, they will be giving their uh, priorities and goals for 2023. But they're giving us a preview uh, this morning here on Open Lines. Representative, uh, Indiana Representative of Indiana District 2, as well as the chairman of the IBLC, Earl Harris Jr., joins us on our live line right now. Mr. Harris, good morning. Good morning. Glad to be with you. Thank Appreciate you. The opportunity. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, glad to have you. Uh, we we're, we talked quite a bit uh, before you came on with uh, Marshawn Woolley, who's representing the uh, the African American uh, Coalition of Indianapolis with a number of bills that they are recommending to folks such as yourself. But you take all of that and uh, different ideas from a number of people and organizations and help come up with your priorities. What's the preview? Yeah, every year IBLC has an agenda and a focus that all of the members focus and provide uh, one piece of legislation for our agenda that really is about growing Indiana. Um, it's obviously there's some a little bit of point of helping out African Americans in the state, but in all honesty, the legislation we offer really helps all Hoosiers. And so this is something we do every year. As you mentioned, our press conference is tomorrow morning where we'll reveal more information in terms of what the theme is and also the pieces of legislation that are part of our agenda. Um, 317 317-239-1009. 317-239-1009. If you want to talk to uh, Chairman Harris, you can call into the live line here this morning. Uh, Chairman, I know some of your priorities, uh, there's always a theme of, of what you guys are trying to do. What is this year's theme? Well, I don't want to give away everything because we have the press conference tomorrow morning. But it really is about growth and opportunity, about making, uh, giving opportunity for people to advance their lives and have a better life and a more successful life. And as we do that, we actually help all of the Hoosiers in the state of Indiana. Um, I know that there are a number of different areas and topics that uh, you guys are going to touch on. Uh, what are some, without giving too much away, uh, what are some of the areas, you know, be it education or uh, health care, transportation, uh, uh, child care? What are some of the bills that uh, have already kind of come across your table from uh, your caucus to say, hey, I'm really feeling this one? You know, education is a big thing. I, I would, for my own honesty, uh, education is big for me. I worked in education for about 20 years or so. I actually used to live in Indianapolis, so I worked for IPS. So education, there are multiple bills that are in that arena because, you know, for me, education then bounces out to workforce, it bounces out to economic development, it bounces out to safety. So you'll see uh, not only I, but multiple people in IBLC, multiple legislators in IBLC have 
legislation they are, that are part of it that are related to education and growing that for our Hoosiers. We had a caller earlier who said, you know, all, all of this mumbo jumbo is pointless that the Black Caucus is trying to do, that the African American Coalition is trying to do, because you have a supermajority of uh, Republicans in both the House, the Senate. Of course, you've got a Republican governor or a Republican attorney general. So there's nothing that they can accomplish uh, down there. They're just wasting everybody's time. What do you say to that? Yeah, there's always going to be people that are going to be on the negative side. So, you know, anyone who's doing anything that's being successful and making things happen realizes that. Yeah, I, obviously, I strongly disagree. Uh, yes, we're in a super minority. I mean, all of the members of IBLC are Democrats. That's just the way it's played out because there aren't any Republicans that are uh, minorities. Mm-hmm. But we actually get legislation passed. I'll give you an example of two years ago. Um, I had two bills that became law. So what I like to say is relationships equal resources. And those relationships mean something because clearly, if you do the math, we as Democrats and the members of IBLC can't get anything passed without Republican support. But one of the bills had to do with lakefront development up here in northwest Indiana, where I live. Mm -hmm. Um, That passed. And the other one had to do with urban agriculture. And so I want to point out, when you look at those bills, Lakefront Development here in Northwest Indiana, East Chicago, Gary Hammond, heavy minority cities in terms of uh, the people that live here, mm-hmm. that passed. Urban ag is really ur- aimed at, obviously by the name, urban areas. Uh, and I'm not the only person that is in IBLC that has had legislation that has become law. So yes, people are going to say that, and that's fine. If they want to say that, that's great. We keep moving forward. We keep getting things done. We keep advancing. Um, you guys obviously have been able to work across the aisle on a number of topics. I want to ask you something about um, education and charter schools. There's been it's come up a couple times on the show today itself, but uh, there's been this larger and increased push from uh, charter schools to uh, be able to get the same account of uh, same amount of state funding as a traditional public school like the one you worked for at IPS uh, or or the different ones in East Chicago, Westfield, Noblesville, whatever. Um, What is the, what's, what's the thought on, on, on this push uh, from, from charter schools? Well, and I don't, I believe everyone in IBLC would tell you that we are not anti-charter. It's really a fairness issue. And it's also how, things were set up. You know, charter schools were, the the economics and the financing of charter schools is different than traditional public. Mm -hmm. When you get into now taking away from, or potentially taking away from, traditional public schools, and traditional public schools are still the primary educators Mm -hmm. um, that we have, we don't want it to become a situation where now primary, uh, I'm sorry, traditional education is something that gets penalized, and it makes it harder for, again, the larger number of students. Mm-hmm. So there needs to be fairness. There need, you know, need to look at it. Maybe there needs to be some changes in the way that things happen. You know, mm-hmm. We've had this situation with referendums and charter schools being able to access those funds because they cannot do a referendum such mm-hmm. as your traditional public school. Mm-hmm. Well, instead of taking away from and making it a possibility or mandatory, that referendum dollars from a traditional public school go to charter, mm-hmm. you know, there could be a change where they can do their, charter schools can do their own referendums. Mm-hmm. So let's not take away from the pot that's already there. If you want to give them an opportunity and make it fair, let them be able to do referendums on their own, not just take away um, and access the funds that come into the traditional public school. Well, I'm glad I, I, I understand where you're coming from now. What, wh- who is, uh, is there a group that is very pro um, charter schools? Is it the Republicans or is it a small group of people who are who would be in support of, of taking some money f- literally from traditional schools and sharing it or moving it, dividing it, whatever word or process you want to use with charter schools? Yeah, there was there was legislation that passed that allowed for it to happen. And part of our argument was and the argument against it is. It now put a charter school in the situation where they could almost hold hostage the traditional public and say, hey, you're doing a referendum. You need, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull out random numbers here, mm-hmm. you need $10 million. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't give us $2 million, 
then we will campaign against your referendum. <clears throat> and that's a possibility of happening. So now your $10 million referendum becomes a $12 million referendum because you have to give out this additional funding. That makes it harder for it to pass, even if no one campaigns against you, because now you're talking about an increase, which means it's an increase to the people that live in your community. And, you know, economics is a big deal for a lot of people. I mean, all of us. And, and so that could cause people to vote against it just based on that. And again, you're having an organization that receives funding for really no reason. They're not doing anything. They don't have to help. By law, they didn't have to help. They didn't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. But they're saying, I want this money. or And it could be a situation of, or else this will happen. And that I remember talking about this very bill last year on the show, and that did pass, correct? Well, there was, so the, the, the May part passed, the uh, mandatory part, which was another law, did mm -hmm. not pass. Yes, yeah, so charter schools may share their money. Uh, the traditional school traditional, may yeah. share their money if they can come up with agreement and if they so choose. And that is now the battle that we are about to see happen at your old school district with these charter schools in Marion County who are uh, very aggressively and creatively asking uh, IPS for some of their money. And IPS right now is saying, whoa, whoa hold up, chief. Yeah. And, it, you know, again, you're getting when I, and from what I know about IPS, because we had a meeting recently with Dr. Johnson, the IPS does support charter schools mm -hmm. already mm -hmm. in a pretty uh, lucrative way. But again, you're getting into you have to think about and I, I had, you know, you have to think about the voters. You have to think about, as I like to say to people, what is that single parent going to do? And that increase for a referendum, I will vote for it because it will help my child. Mm hmm. So I want to support it. I want to help my child's education improve. I want to help all of my all the children's education improve. But now you're saying I have to give money away, and I have no idea. And I believe, if I remember correctly, the way the law works is there's no accountability in the sense of here's what they're going to do with that mm -hmm. money. And so I, as a parent who am trying to figure out how to keep a roof over my children's head, food on their table, you know, shoes and clothes, et cetera, you're now asking me to increase the amount of money I have going out where I may be on the edge of keeping all of that in place anyway. And a lot of people, just because of the economics of it, are going to vote no <clears throat> because clearly they want to keep everything stable in their house. And that, that small input or increase for some of us may not mean anything, but there are a lot of us that that does mean something. And and I want to stress to people, here's where this is, uh, where this is going to get uh, some some energy is that this is not just about IPS or East Chicago schools or Gary schools or, uh, you know, uh, a, a school that is with already with charter schools in the area. We're talking about all traditional schools. So let's pick a totally different location to, to let you know, understand folks understand that this is the entire state. So let's say we are up in uh, Carmel Clay School District. And I decide that I am going to open uh, Riddle Elementary um, in Carmel, up on Hazeldale Road, Hazeldale Parkway. Now, me as a charter school, I can ask uh, Carmel Clay Schools for the referendum money that they asked for, the $30 million that they asked for for their uh, new building and, and teacher funds and all this other. I can say, hey, I have a school district in I have a school building in your school district, and I need uh, three million of that of that thirty million, and I don't have to tell you what I'm going to do with it, but I I need that. Do I have that understood correctly? Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And even if you're, you know, the economics of Carmel, say versus the economics of my home city of East Chicago are not the same. Mm -hmm. But even people that live in Carmel, it's still even if they can more likely be able to afford that uh, afford that increase. Do they want their tax dollars, their money, going to something that they really don't know what the situation is? And they may not agree with, mm -hmm. but you're mandatorily making it that way. And again, the need for the school, the public, the traditional school district is this much, but now it gets bumped up by this much. And remember, in some situations, there may be more than one charter school in the area where you're looking. So it may be, yeah, you may be asking for $2 million. Mm -hmm. There may be another school that mm -hmm. says, you know what, I want $2 million also. Mm -hmm. So now you have a $4 million bump up. 
Uh, we've we've got just two minutes left in the show. I shouldn't take one more caller, but I am because this person has been waiting. I'm going to give you just a couple of seconds. Uh, caller on line one, who's this? Hey, you know, charter schools are a junkie factory, and, and, and I think Harry. Oops. That was Larry, and I accidentally hung up on him. I promise that was an accident. Uh, but Larry got in twice today, so uh, no big deal. I got a fat thumb, Larry. Uh, with a minute and about two minutes left, uh, as we had talked about um, charter schools, um, is that something that we may hear from you guys in priorities in education tomorrow? Uh, no, not necessarily. It's okay. not something on our agenda. Our agenda is really about, it's not about stopping things, shall we say, or preventing things. It's about growth. It's about expansion. Okay. It's about growth and expansion, uh, clo- closing some gaps, I assume, in, in a number of different uh, conversations. But you guys were making your uh, priorities and goals known tomorrow at 830. Correct. And if I may add something, I know you you're may. short on time. And I, we talk about this as IBLC. The public, our, the voters, constituents have a voice. Always remember that. So when we release the agenda Take a look at it. Look at the bills that we are offering. If there are one, two, all of them, whatever it is, get out there, get involved, reach out to your senator, reach out to your representative, let people know, hey, this is important. We want this done. Let the committees, because they're all assigned to committees, let the committee chairs know so that we can get bills heard. Uh, Advocacy is huge. We've seen advocacy be successful in getting things done. And then there's also bad bills that we don't want done. So stay involved, stay engaged, because this this, uh, affects all of us. All right. Representative Earl Harris, Jr., if folks have ideas, is it too late uh, to reach out to a representative and say, hey, I have uh, an idea on on this bill? Is it too late to do that for this year? No, because besides legislation, we've already uh, authored and had our legislation in, but there are these wonderful things called amendments that happen on both sides, on the House and the Senate. So it's not too late. Okay. All right. Uh, We will be hearing more. I'm going to tease my other station. I'll have more on what the IBLC is doing tomorrow when I have an interview with uh, Representative Harris tomorrow morning on Fox 59. You got it. So we will see you tomorrow on TV. Thank you for starting your week with us and getting up early because I know you're back home in East Chicago where it is actually you came on at 730, your time. So thank you so much. Uh, No problem. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and everyone. All right. We'll have you back on. Thank you for all your work. That's going to do it for this edition of Open Lines. We are back same time, same station next Sunday, live at 8. I will see you tomorrow morning on CBS 4 News starting at 5 a.m. and on Fox 59 Morning News starting at 4 a.m. Where, as I said, we'll have more on what the IBLC is doing and their announcement, which is scheduled for 8.30 tomorrow to learn their priorities. Thank you so much for joining me on the radio. I'm Cameron Riddle. I'll see you tomorrow morning on TV.